Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thanks for joining me today, whether you're catching the show live or in archive. Uh, welcome. Uh, a little quick note about me, and then we'll talk a little bit about what we're going to do on today's show. Uh, again, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional astrologer and navigational consultant. Uh, I work with uh, clients here in my home office in Phoenix with sessions and also do phone and, and Zoom sessions and all that good stuff. Um, info about all that is available at jimventure.com. I'm also an author. I've uh, published uh, a couple of books, and I do an every other month column called Snake Oil, uh, as well as uh, every month I do a uh, YouTube uh, channel as well, Jay Ventura Snake Oil. So a couple different facets there. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, all kinds of good stuff that way. Uh, anyway, so this is a uh, column show. So what we're going to be doing today is I'm going to read um, this uh, month's column, about every other month actually, that I do a column, and we'll talk about that in more detail. I'm also going to um, talk about the retrograde that is going on right now, and there's a number of them, but Mercury is retrograde in Libra, and that one is very significant and likely to affect everyone in, in multiple interesting kind of ways. So, again, first we're going to address the column, and uh, I'm going to briefly quote on some of that, add to it, and then we'll get to the Mercury um, uh, retrograde info as well. Um, Two things uh, I see. uh, If you're not already getting my column, you can email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com to be added to the mailing list. You should be able to find that info on the site as well, too, um, so you can get the columns directly. Also, um, wonderful participation from audience. I see uh, four people in my docket for phone call-ins. It's not a call-in show, though, guys. When I mention that, uh, usually when I do a guest show or an astrology update show, I do take calls for the end of the show. I will unlikely be able to do that during today's show, so uh, my apologies. But uh, uh, call-in shows are kind of a unique thing, and... uh, we don't, I generally don't do them during column read shows, so uh, catch you catch me another time that way. Okay, so um, let us dive in here, and I'm going to comment on, I'm going to read the column first so we kind of know what we're talking about here, and then we'll kind of go from there. Uh, so this month's column, October, uh, September, October column was called Three Lucky Charms, and uh, this was a new column. So uh, let me dive in here, and then we'll go from there, okay? Um, So I was three lucky charms. I was digging through my bedroom nightstand a few weeks ago when I came across a notebook I hadn't written in for a while. A few years ago, I would often write in a gratitude journal. To my surprise, the last entry was back in 2013. The current climate in the world with its political extremes, heightened anger, weather catastrophes, and endless reminders of what disease will get us next reminded me that focusing more on gratitude, again, was a wise decision. Those things for us to be grateful for. And a gratitude journal is a, one of many simple things we can do to shift our energy to a more positive space. The act of doing this internally shifts us, which inevitably leads to external shifts in quite tangible ways. Committing to the process itself will start making things uh, making more things for us to be grateful for in our life. 
So first one here is gratitude journal exercise. Uh, suggest buying a physical notebook. Even a simple, inexpensive one is a first step. Then commit to every night or as often as you remember to write in it. This can also be done in the morning or any other time that feels right to you. Just write five things that you are grateful for and date it. Uh, here's an example of one of mine from August 14th of 2021. Uh, five things. Fall is on the way. Uh, grateful for air conditioning. Great health right now. An increase in my income. And good friends. There's no right or wrong in what you can list as something you appreciate. Just the act of focusing more on how many things you're grateful for will act as a magnet, creating more things to value in your life. The shift in focus has far-reaching effects over time. Okay, second exercise, chakra, chakra scrub exercise. From time to time when you shower, especially when you're stressed, overtired or have a difficult day, or potentially starting one, this is a good practice. Use a bar of soap or soap in a liquid form and take a few minutes to gently scrub each area of the body where your chakras are located. They are the seven energy centers we all have that line up internally. You can easily do online or research from books about these energy centers if you'd like more knowledge about what they represent and where they are located in the body. Move the soap in a counterclockwise or clockwise motion, whichever feels natural to you in each area. Visualize white or golden light streaming from your head. This is actually extra easy with the natural flow of the water hitting you from the shower head. And clear and reset each area. You may want to use the added visualization of the associated color for each area and chakra. Imagine any negative energy or blocks flowing down the drain and being washed away. After you dry off, you can take an added step. Take a scented oil and touch and gently rub each chakra before getting dressed. A dab on the soles of your feet and in the palms of your hand can also be added. This process will either, in either subtle ways or quite notably physical ways, tend to make you feel a combination of peacefulness. It may even re-energize re you at the same time. Okay, third one, the refocus exercise. This is an excellent exercise to do when you find yourself worrying or fretting over any area of your life that is stressing you out or bringing up fear of what if. A, sit quietly and begin to focus on the present moment as much as possible. Become aware of your senses, what the room feels like. Notice sensations in your body. What taste is in your mouth? Are you warm? Are you cool? Even focus on the details of the room itself. Bring your awareness fully into the present. B, refuse to worry. Tell yourself you can worry all you want later or tomorrow or on any other occasion if you choose to, but clearly resolve not to worry in the moment. If or when your thoughts do touch upon your problem or fear, imagine the best possible solution to this dilemma. Do not concern yourself with the details of how that can happen. Simply see in your mind's eye this accomplished. If, you, if you're not good at visual imagery, then just imagine what it would feel like if it was comfortably or even miraculously resolved. Worry is a form of prayer. When we do too much of it, we may even create a self-fulfilling prophecy. We may logically dread creating a negative, but we humans also love to be right. See, I told you it wouldn't work out. I have the worst luck. These and similar thoughts, which are beliefs, bring more of the same. 
Learn to trust that the universe will respond in its own brilliant, creative ways to solve your problem or dilemma. Metaphysical practice is more than just ideals. With increased practice, these and similar exercises will realign us internally. The world is already full of people who are swimming in fear and how many bad things are happening or could come their way. Make a conscious effort not to jump into the pool whenever possible. Not only does this refocusing exercise allow you to walk in the world with more confidence and peace, but your example may light up the possibility for other people around you to follow your lead. If you want a bit more luck in your life, you have to begin to believe you are lucky in spite of evidence from your past experiences. The point of power is in the present. Okay, so this is a, you know, this is a kind of a little bit of a different column. If you follow my columns, um, I generally talk in detail about a, a subject. Um, you know, I, I've talked a lot about, um, not specifically about COVID, but the fear around COVID and, and various other things over the last year, year and a half. I typically address kind of larger concerns of specific ones. Um, this is more of a, interestingly, when I wrote, um, I published a book about 10, 11 years ago called Snake Oil Volume 1, which essentially was the collection of the first about five years of my, my monthly column, my Snake Oil column. I had added five um, uh, what I called uh, snake charms, not five, I think seven to the book, uh, and they were like this. They were really kind of specific exercises or things that people could do to uh, be of benefit. Uh, I think, again, called Snake Charms in the book. Uh, and, and if you're interested in that book, that can be purchased through Amazon fairly easily, Snake Oil Volume 1. Um, and, you know, weirdly enough, I've been writing this column for like 17, 18 years now, so I've got a ton of them, but that was the first five years. So what's interesting to me is, I mean, listen, I have my, my column reaches, you know, about 15 to maybe 17, 1,800 people each month, um, you know, I can track how many reads a column gets, not specifically who reads it, but how many reads they get. You know, a good read is maybe 200, 300 people will read a column. On average, it's maybe 150, 200, which actually, believe it or not, is not bad math. Um, This one was very low that I ran. So uh, I found that sort of interesting. When I gave specific helpful information, it was less appealing, apparently, to uh, a number of my readers than my kind of more opinion insight columns. So uh, interesting. But, uh, okay, so I wanted to point that out. Let me kind of touch upon all three of these um, a little bit more depth. So the first one, of course, is the gratitude, gratitude journal exercise. One of the reasons why when I suggest that people journal, for whatever reason, and dating a journal is significant, is also just, like even if you do a dream journal, which is something I also highly recommend for people to consider doing if you want to be more fluid in in working in the dream state or remembering your dreams or getting insight from them. Um, Dating something is really a fascinating thing to add to it because it is interesting to look at the timing of things, what you picked up, what you saw, um, again, years ago when I first did a gratitude journal, it's interesting to see the things that I was grateful for in 2013 versus uh, the things that I'm more focused on now. Um, and, in fact, when I originally did the gratitude journal, it was back in 2008 when I started doing it. But, you know, I reached periods where, like, for 
months or years I don't write in it and I go lose touch with it. So it's interesting, to, again, in terms of, of, of uh, dating just for, for added insight. But, yeah, highly recommend a gratitude journal. It does not take a lot of energy or time, but that's a good focus to kind of shift gears and things to be more thankful for. And as I mentioned, the peace, the more you do that, the more likely you will be focused on uh, reminding yourself of the things that you are grateful for and inevitably create more things to be grateful for. So easy, easy, uh, workable solution here. Uh, the next thing I mentioned, of course, is the chakra scrub exercise. I learned this a long time ago. Again, same thing. A lot of times I forget to do it, um, especially when I'm out of balance, but it is a good thing to know how to do. Um, again, if, if you don't know much about chakras, you can look those up online um, and, you know, or books and things of that nature. Lots of stuff's been written about chakras. Um, but what I do often do is kind of the second part of this also, which is when I get out of the shower. A lot of times I will anoint with a little bit of oil on each chakra and also the palms of my hands and sometimes the, 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 the arch part of my feet. Um, both your hands and your feet are energy sort of centers too, where you pick information up to the feet and the hands. Um, so it can be good to kind of anoint those with a little bit of oil. I mean, again, it doesn't have to be a fancy oil, although uh, it's something that smells good to you. That's going to be sort of helpful. Um, I have a number of different uh, essential oils that I buy, and those are inexpensive, guys. You shouldn't be paying a fortune for essential oils. They're pretty easy to pick up in different smells, orange or eucalyptus and, you know, different suggestions. But, yeah, chakra energy scrub, really good thing to do uh, just to kind of realign uh, and then that full practice of anointing the areas is kind of a completion cycle. And then often you'll smell good. So that's not a bad thing as well, too. So the third thing that I talked about is the refocus exercise. Now, this one is really significant um, at multiple levels because um, we do have a tendency to worry. Um, I'm equally guilty of that. Um, and I remind my, 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 my clients and my listeners and my readers and everybody that to a large extent, extremely large, I might add, you know, your beliefs form your reality. So in essence, we get what we focus on. So when you're worrying or fearful, um, if we do that enough, we can create the very thing that we're worrying or fearful about. So what's good about an exercise like this is, you know, the point of it is, again, when you bring your senses to the present, um, smelling the room, what does it feel like, what does my body feel like, taking, making yourself extremely focused in the present, um, that alone is a good thing. Because often we're drifting all over the place, worrying about yesterday, fearful of tomorrow, getting pulled in multiple directions. By the way, that is often a trigger for people that have uh, panic attacks, by the way. It's a loss of focus in the present. Fear, phobia from the past, bleeding into your present, and, uh, you know, worry about the future. So in extreme cases, this is panic attacks. Um, you know, we all have these in different degrees at different points uh, where we get nervous, where we get scared. Um, listen, it's not, as, it's not as arcane as it sounds. For most people, if you're going on a first date or job interview or anything else for that matter, you can be fearful. You could be nervous. You could be afraid. You can, you know... Um, uh, get gone worried because we're the human. 
But if you're finding this happening a lot, this is a good exercise because, one, the focus of being present takes you away from all the worries connected with yesterday tomorrow. You're just focusing on today. And that second part where I mentioned, like, refusing to worry, it's a good formula. Um, you know, if you're worrying about something, just telling yourself you're not going to worry at all, you're not going to change things. But you're just refusing to worry during that time you're doing the exercise, that you just, you know, that you're just not going to do this right now. You know, you're angry, you're upset with someone, you're worrying. Or you just, I have this thing that I do when I start kind of doing this where I, I humorously imagine whatever it is that I'm bothered by as like something on a screen, like a phone, and then I just sort of, I, excuse me, I just sort of swipe left, meaning like I just like mentally swipe it away. Like, nah, I'm not going to do this right now. It's still there. I might have a concern, I might have a worry, but I'm not doing this right now. I'm pushing this to the side, and I'm going to focus on that the present. Then, again, the other part of this, of course, is visualizing and focusing on what if it actually turns out really well. Um, listen, that doesn't guarantee it's going to turn out really well. Uh, there's no guarantees. Um, does it increase the probability and likelihood of it turning out well? Absolutely. Because that's, again, what it is. Sometimes even when you worry, it still turns out good, and then you're shocked. This is more of a, a willingness to open the idea to kind of let in the universe um, solve this, maybe in ways that you can't even imagine right now. So you're focusing on the exercise as if it's already solved. So, for instance, if you're worrying about – in fact, I'll use a very specific example of this. Um, a couple of years ago, I, I made a decision – to focus on having more money. That became kind of my mantra. I was visualizing the idea of sitting on more money. Um, and that became a really good visualization that I did. And, and within months, if not a year or so of that visualization, I reached a point where I was sitting on more money, quite literally. Um, I had uh, inherited a little stock money, so I have money in stock. Um, criminals thinking of trying to take it from me, 210-pound <laughs> bodybuilder here, as well as the fact that it's in stock, being going to get it. <laughs> kidding. Um, and also the value of my home just went through the roof So over the last year and a half. So I actually have a, quite a bit of equity in the home. Again, none of it's that stuff that I'm touching, but I am technically, in a way, sitting on money in terms of the home value and, and having some stock money at this point. The joke is what I recognized when I achieved that, which was awesome. Uh, anyway, I'm not, not complaining. I mean, you know, I'm actually, if I debate how much I owe in, in credit card debt or, you know, mortgage payments and car payments and all those other things, you know, I'm actually, you know, worth quite a bit more than I owe, um, which I don't even know. I haven't had that much in my life up until now. So I definitely manifested that. But the joke that I'm saying is I'm pretending to follow my friends. The mistake I made is I didn't I didn't suggest the idea that I would I would have lots of cash on hand. So I, I'm sitting on money but I don't really have access to a lot of it. So I was a little bit less specific about that. So I'm a little more clear now in that kind of manifestation process of creating more of a liquid uh wealth where I have it accessible. Um so, you know, just one example of that, but it gets the same dynamic. If you're worrying about relationship, you know, focus on the idea of being happy, of being fulfilled, feeling what that feels like in that sense. Don't worry about the details of how you get there. 
you know, focus on, on that energy. Listen, the universe knows what it's doing. It's actually creating your reality for you according to your beliefs already anyway. So this is just feeding the machine a little more effectively with more positive ideas and, and more positive thoughts. So, um, so this is a good little kind of focus to remember. And, you know, I've, I've often, you know, I got this many years ago from um, – some channeling material I studied through Jane Roberts, who, who channeled Seth, and that idea of your point of power is in the present is a very good mantra when you find yourself worrying or being fret, fretting or being fearful or um, you focus on the now. My power is now. I now create abundance. I now create confidence. I now feel fulfilled. I now feel healthy. Um, it's very, very powerful in refocusing us at, at multiple levels. And um, it's just a good reminder because I'm telling you, a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety stems from fear of what could happen in the future. And, you know, phobia connected for, from past hurts. So the way I had ended this piece was I had said that many, many years ago, um, many years ago, I decided to – insert the belief <clears throat> that I was lucky. Um, and that just became something I'd say, like, I'm lucky. You know, when I first would say it, I wasn't 100% convinced that it was necessarily true because I could think of a lot of times where I wasn't so lucky. But I began to kind of make that a little mantra that I would often say, that Jim Ventura is lucky, Jim Ventura is lucky. And uh, over the years, um, I people often reinforce that I'm lucky and point that out. And I've noticed that that is the case, but I do tend to luck out a lot of times. So I think that um, when I was younger, maybe I didn't luck out so much. So again, I kind of introduced that belief, that idea, and the universe allowed that to take root. And um, so, yeah, it's, uh, we're doing this all the time anyway. It's just becoming conscious of it. And uh, both getting, you know, looking at where you're limiting yourself with negative fearful beliefs and where you can insert more positive ones. You know, you got to be patient, though. Like when you're putting a new program into the computer, so to speak, the universe computer, take a little while sometimes. Sometimes it's fast. Sometimes it takes weeks or months. Occasionally it may even take years. But you have to trust that it will um, as long as you, you maintain that fast focus. Okay. So that is just a little rundown. We'll add an extra insight into this column. Um, let me also kind of switch gears here because this is pretty significant right now. I wanted to make sure we mentioned it with the remaining time that we have, which is about 15, 20 minutes. Um, I have been posting, I posted a number of things about this on Instagram as well as Facebook about um, Mercury going retrograde in Libra. Um, this started about the 26th or the 27th of September, so we're a couple of days in. What I'd point out with retrogrades, especially with Mercury, um, you know, you can often feel a shadow of it a week or two before and even a week or two after it finishes. So this particular retrograde is, again, from about September 26th, 27th to, I believe, October 18th. Typical of Mercury retrogrades, they are about three weeks or so. Um, they happen about three times a year. Mercury rules communication, expression, how we think, how we analyze. So when Mercury goes backwards, which technically it doesn't, it just looks like that from Earth's orbit. It moves backwards through signs in terms of perception. 
Um, reception is everything. Um, and, and all planets go retrograde, including the, the moon, it's not a planet, obviously. Um, so Mercury's is just very noticeable because you can see the area where it applies, communication, thinking, knowledge, information, learning. So, you know, the classic example of Mercury retrogrades is often it is, uh, it can be kind of more screwy communication things happening. You know, people, you know, you're telling somebody you're going to meet at 3 and they heard 2 o'clock or they've got the dates wrong. Um, I've had weird things during Mercury retrogrades where, like, I left my ATM card like a dingbat in the uh, in the in the ATM, I just walked away. Um, you know, I can I, I, I notice a lot of uh, during retrogrades a lot of old clients resurfacing um, that I haven't spoken to in years. I also sometimes people or friends resurface, not surprisingly. Um, sometimes a reverse, uh, where I go through the irritation of, of clients not getting back to me, not being reliable. Um, you know, uh, being inconsistent. Um, you know, there's different factors that come into play when Mercury goes retrograde. But think again about, you know, rather than even focus on the negatives where computers can get screwy and, and you know what I mean, you have to be careful of paying your bills and not generally ideal times to schedule surgeries and things that they turn not the end of the world either. Um, another part of it is it just represents reanalyzing re an area of your life. So that's why the sign the retrograde occurs in is so significant. So in this case, this is full-on in Libra. So if you're Libra, sun sign, rising sign, moon sign, this is going to be especially notable to you. Um, it will affect everybody simply because we all have Libra somewhere in our astrology charts. You often remind people of that. That is one of the reasons why it is good uh, at times to, to research astrology or talk to a good astrologer. Um, they can help you, you know, if you don't want to do the legwork, so to speak, which is a lot. Um, they can make it make sense to you where Libra is in your natal chart. So for, for all of us, Libra will be somewhere in the chart, a house placement, meaning an area of life. You know, second house is money and finances. You know, fourth house is home and the family. Uh, fifth house is romance and risk-taking and play. Seventh house is marriage and partnerships. Ninth house is travel and philosophy. Um, Sometimes in some charts, Libra can be contained in two houses. So sometimes we can see it affecting two areas of life, too. But it's definitely going to be at least one, notably. Um, and that's why astrology can get more specific about the place it's taking at being active. Um, like in my case, I have Libra in my sixth house of work and service, health, body maintenance, details of life, repairing, fixing, solving things, um, unequal relationships. Uh, a little tangent on that again in a minute. Um, so house placement is very significant. And those are set up through having a time of birth where you can figure out where the ascendant is. Again, if you study astrology on your own, you could eventually learn how to do these things. There are websites that will help you do and study it. But I would, again, reiterate, if you don't want to do all that legwork, um, you hire an astrologer. That's the point. Uh, but uh, you can do it on your own if you, you don't want to spend the cost for that. Um, so general rule of thumb, what you'll find with Mercury retrograde in Libra is, you know, think of it as like, um, you know, Libra represents relationships, uh, partnerships. We're working with other people one-on-one, um, -on -one, um, diplomacy, uh, in fact, let me, I'm gonna, I'll even quote this directly from what I had posted on Facebook. 
uh, Mercury retrograde in Libra, re-examining the mirror of relationships and social agreements. September 18th to October 18th, September 26th to October 18th, sorry. Libra's placement in our natal chart uh, will show where much of this will take place for us personally. Mercury rules communication, expression, how we think, and all things related to analysis. This time period where it seems to go backwards in Libra will likely bring up some notable themes. Social agreements tested. Relationship talks, negotiations, discussions that will require listening and potentially patience. Reunions or reexamining previous relationships. Looking at where we might procrastinate or have trouble making decisions. It may trigger themes connected to contract, even legal agreements. This retrograde gives us an opportunity to look at all types of significant relationships in our lives. We benefit when we start with a recognition and willingness to embrace truly loving and valuing ourselves. Then our relationship with others will inevitably grow and move to a more evolved place. Um, I, you know, I found, a, again, like if you follow me on Facebook, whether on my business site or just as a friend, I post funny stuff sometimes. I post metaphysical stuff depending on what moods I'm in. Sometimes I got lazy on a post for weeks. Same with Instagram. But I generally do. You know, there was one very interesting um, quote that I had found um, that I think is really notable. And I read this here, just one, one paragraph. Um, and I had posted this, like I said, on, on Facebook specifically. The quote is, by accepting yourself and joyfully being what you are, you fulfill your own abilities and your simple presence can make others happy too. You cannot hate yourself and love anyone else. It is impossible. You will instead project all the qualities you do not think you possess upon someone else. Do them lip service and then hate the other individual for possessing them. Though you profess to love the other, you will try to undermine the very foundations of his or her being. So this is from a book called The Nature of Personal Reality. Quick little quote, but I thought it was a really good quote about a great example of reevaluating relationships. Because he makes a very valid point here. You know, if you, if you don't love yourself, um, you, you're not going to love anyone else. This is a very human mistake that a lot of people will make, um, getting validation from others. Uh, like he mentions in this little piece, this is a, a quote from Seth, Jane Roberts, uh, uh, channeling Seth. Um, you know, it just is impossible again, in that sense, to do that, because that's what will happen. You'll project the qualities you don't think you, you actually possess onto someone else. Comment on them or love them for it and actually resent the person for having them. Um, it's like, you know, you can see this in the, the more extreme way. Whenever you, I always think of these dumb talk shows like Jerry Springer or um, Steve Wilco's show or some of these dopey shows, which are actually very entertaining <laughs> at times, by the way. Um, you know, there's always some guy that's accusing his girlfriend of cheating on him and, and, and sleeping with her boyfriend and, and, and blah, 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 uh, with, with uh, his friends or, you know what I mean, or there's always this, he's always screaming and yelling. You know, a good percentage of the time it turns out that she's not actually cheating, though sometimes she is, um, but that he is and everything's being projected onto her because he's feeling a guilt about this. Um, you know, you, listen, any functioning person can see this in an extreme way. I always use this as a, you know, such an obvious example, less common now, but more common years ago about people that are very homophobic, 
they're the ones that are going on and on about gays and lesbians and evil and gay marriage is wrong and all that. You know, it, you know, we always, I always think back to the quote, we think the lady doth protest too much from Shakespeare. The more you're going on about it, how gay are you? Meaning, you, you know what I mean? You're getting angry at seeing a gay couple because you've repressed some element of that in yourself. Otherwise, you don't care. It doesn't mean anything to you. Let people love who they want. All this is nonsense. We project onto others, um, especially when we're really out of touch. But at a more human base level, listen, we, we all do this in, in lesser ways as well, too. So one of the things that I would point out, and it took me a long time to learn this, too, in relationship. You know, if you fall in love with someone who doesn't like themselves or doesn't feel fulfilled, um, at some point, they will inevitably sabotage the situation or the relationship and even potentially make you reject them. Um, we're not taught this, although it intuitively makes sense. It's just logically we want to, be, we want to love someone and bring out the best characteristics in them, and you need a certain amount of that in any relationship. But, you know, that's it. So one of the things that I point out is if you're in a love relationship situation and somebody rejects you, yes, it's good to look at where you might need to do work yourself, you know, if you mistreated them or you were negative or, you know, had your own fears. But it's also good to look at the fact that sometimes people reject us because they don't feel worthy of us, that they don't feel like they deserve you. Um, and that, that's a good focus to, to pay attention to. Often there are dual sides to it. So this does bring that up. So, you know, again, what I can say at a simplistic level, if you work at loving yourself and caring about yourself and seeing your value, this is going to be beneficial in multiple areas in your life, obviously. Work, family, you know, money-making, relationships in general. But, you know, you will likely to pull in a healthier relationship when we're in a good space because then the person across from us is going to mirror some of those characteristics. So what I recommend for everyone during this Libra retrograde is, again, you can get much more specific about it, of course, if we look at the area of life it's affecting you. But, you know, across the board, um, hey, you know, learn to value yourself, treat yourself well. Um, This is significant because it'll create an outer experience that's more positive and more beneficial. If you're still beating yourself up from mistakes you made yesterday in relationship, you're not, you haven't healed. And so if you're going to get in a relationship to make you feel better, it might work for a little while, but often it will collapse or, you know, you'll replay the same difficulties again because of unresolved energy around it. So what I'm suggesting is during this Libra retrograde, a Mercury and Libra retrograde, it can be good to look at, at self-care, loving yourself, you know, taking care of yourself in the best possible sense. Now, notably, uh, and in my case, the retrograde is occurring in my sixth house of work, service, health, maintenance, taking care of the body, eating well, uh, unequal relationships, things of the nature. So that's why I might be tilting a little in that direction. But again, if this is in, in your personal chart around your money house, it's going to be how you make money in relation to other people and, you know what I mean, as well. But the reason I'm mentioning this kind of six house version of myself is a couple of things that I've discovered already during this retrograde is like I'm really getting into like I don't know, I want to get a little leaner. I'm, I'm, I'm focusing more on taking care of my body to feel better at myself right now. I, I do a lot of that anyway. I like always do a little more, and I've been kind of excited about 
moving in that direction, just kind of primping and, and sort of taking care of myself and, you know, being a little, dressing a little better, being a little more efficient about those types of things. The other thing is I mentioned this about unequal relationships, because in astrology, seventh house in astrology represents equal partnerships, whereas the sixth house is unequal relationships, and people will often misconstrue what that means. Um, you know, I don't know if things are ever 100% equal in life. You know, we see this playing itself out in work environments. Um, when I worked in the restaurant business, for instance, and you can apply this to almost any, almost any business, just use the restaurant business because it's in that one for a long time, there was kind of a pecking order that operated. You know, there was uh, um, the owner, of course, that was the top dog. Then, or if there was an investor, of course, that was also significant. Then there was the chef. Um, and then there tended to be sort of like kitchen managers or managers were the next pecking order of most importance, and then kitchen workers, and then it would be bartenders, and then it would be waiters and or, and or hostesses, and then bus boys were, you know, or bus girls were sort of below the, you know, the waiters. And I hate to use that terminology, but there is a certain reality to that that operates. And so I grew up in, you know, working in, in the restaurant field when I was younger, so I understood the packing order of the game. Also, I recognized that there were benefits to being in shape. There were benefits to being having a strong speaking voice, to being hardworking, to being reliable, to being good-looking, to being attractive, to being affable. Um, you know, so the six-house unequal relationship, they, again, makes sense in that way. If you're desperately craving for equality in a world where equality isn't always necessarily easy to get to, you kind of get to your version of it in that respect. You know, I mean, that becomes the key. So a couple of things I've learned during this retrograde, even early in, is uh, a lot of themes connected with clients and relationships are being reevaluated right now for me, as it would be for everyone, regardless of the house it's in. But I can also tell you that, um, like, like I said, I've been very, very aware of past pattern in relationships where I project um, qualities of, of, you know, giving people more credit sometimes than they, they deserve, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, and also where I, when I get hurt, I tend to sometimes get a little angry and have to deal with that anger and discharge it, uh, Venus and Scorpio on my natal chart. So I've been really looking at these different arenas of um, relationship and how I participate and how I create it and, you know, and what the effects are. Um, I'd rather be in a harmonious relationship um, than in a relationship for the sake of being in one. It can be good sometimes to be alone, to recharge, to recollect, to get yourself in a stronger spot. And um, I'm all for that. I, I would suggest a lot of people, sometimes people become relationship junkies where they're running from relationship to relationship um, and afraid to stop and look at themselves. On the flip side, you can also run across the other extreme, which is to just defiantly refuse to have relationships at all. Um, we're meant to relate to other people in different degrees. It's significant. Um, so I think we, we want to kind of find that, that sort of middle ground um, and, and look where we're tilting. But, yeah, that's what the retrograde is about. It's reevaluating your relationship with the mirror of other people. And that's the key, recognizing other people as a mirror. 
you know, if you are, if you love your, your friend or your mate or your partner because they're beautiful, it's because they are, potentially they are beautiful, that's good, but it can also be allowing you to experience beauty yourself, to allow that to trigger and awaken your own beauty in the self. If you love someone who's smart, it can be to recognize your own smarts, maybe in a different way, but that's also there. So that's what I mean about the, the mirror of relationships, also on the negative side. You know, if you're angry at someone or bothered by their behavior, a friend or anyone you're in a relationship with, it can be good to look at whether you're doing some of that too. It was just sometimes the people we care about are like, I always sort of call them the exaggerated funhouse mirror. <laughs> it's so extreme and bothersome that it almost blocks us from really seeing it because we're getting, wasting too much time being angry about it or frustrated as opposed to looking at whether there is some reflection here. Again, the negative can teach us what not to do. That's what I always say. The, the worst people I encounter are reminders of what not to be and what not to do. So weirdly enough, they're appreciated too. Then ever so eloquently, you know, get away from me. <laughs> Thanks for the lesson. Move along now. Uh, you know what I mean? I thank you. I got what I needed to. I don't want to be around this anymore, you know, in that sense too. So we have choice about what we're around. So we keep in mind the positive negative poles of Libra. Positive pole of Libra is I cooperate. It's the value of knowing how to cooperate and work with others uh, to create harmony. Uh, negative is I procrastinate, to put things off, uh, to not make decisions, to get caught weighing endlessly. And uh, that can be, you know, a problem. Sometimes it's better to make a mistake um, and learn from it than to not try and endlessly weigh something for fear of making a mistake, then later on wishing we had taken the shot. You know, something I always I tell people, one thing I learned when I got older and wiser is I'd rather make a mistake and learn and grow than have to live with regret I didn't try. And then that shit passed, and I can't get back to that now, you know? So something to consider. Um, okay, so this retrograde is in effect until, the, like I said, about the 18th of October. If you made it to the end of the show, um, I have a promotional special right now. If you want to do an astrology session with me here in office or by phone or FaceTime, I do a lot of client sessions that way. Um, contact me, uh, email me, always the best way to contact, VenturaSag at Yahoo.com. And there's a 10 to $15 discount on my normal rates during the retrograde period uh, where we can look at your astrology and even some other things like animal totems or runestones. Or the, uh, there's a lot of different oracles I work with that can be added to looking at this whole arena of relationship and how you can get a more harmonious place. So that's just going on now until October 18th. So if you catch that and want to take advantage of it, still free to. Okay. Looks like we're out of time here. Again, my apologies to all the callers. Um, I love to talk to you guys, but, you know, column read shows, talking about subject matter, and most of the calls I get are usually personal questions that people have, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Sometimes when I have shows, I'm able to do that, but it's not really as valuable to the listeners. Um, so it's one of the reasons why I typically don't um, do as much of that. Uh, anyway. So if you're not already getting my column, email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com. I can add you the mailing list. It's free. comes every other month. Also, um, check out my YouTube channel. I do uh, about an 8 to 10-minute video uh, once a month on YouTube, often talking about completely different subjects. So um, that's Jay Ventura, um, Snake Oil. 
type that in too on YouTube. I've got probably about 15 videos in the last two years on that site. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, all that other good stuff. And again, information on sessions, books, classes that I teach. I have a big amount of website to find my class uh, stuff. But I do teach classes uh, at Ventura, uh, jimventura.com. All right, guys, till next time, have a great start to autumn, my favorite time of year. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Cheers.